Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Podcast, our 700th of the week. That might be an exaggeration, just slightly. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, Ryan Gilbert, the whole gang is here for this edition of a questions podcast. We did a brief breaking podcast yesterday after the Jerome Tang press conference, but this one puts the focus back on the fans who get to ask the questions at Wabash Station, our VIPs, and we answer for all to hear. And we are sponsored by The Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Make sure... Please, when you're in Manhattan and have some needs from uh, the booze places, you stop at the fridge, say hi to everyone, say that you heard about them on the Go Power Cap podcast, give them a high five, pay for your alcohol, please, and then uh, go to your car. And don't drink that alcohol until you're out of your car. That's that's instructions on how to operate the fridge wholesale liquor. Great people. They also have an app if you want to catch up on what's available, what's on sale. You can order on the app and then go pick it up. It's pretty nifty. It's pretty nifty. We appreciate the fridge being longtime supporters of the PowerCat podcast. Guys, I don't even know what kind of questions we have. I've been so completely immersed in the Jerome Tang hire and the whole process of getting him here, him here stalking his plane, um, just the, everything involved. And, uh, of course, Thursday's press conference in which he was so amazing. I, I, I don't even know what to say. I've never seen a press conference even close to that. Even close. For a guy who's never been a head coach, he stood up in front of a fairly large crowd, knowing that he's in front of cameras and being heard all across the country and on ESPN Plus, and just performed like a champ. Apparently not being heard for a little mm-hmm. bit of time on details, ESPN Plus. Details, details. We, we always try to turn the sound on at PowerCat Podcast. It's one of our principles of a podcast is to have sound. We try to leave our computers on, too. Oh, that's good. Only some of us. Yes. Dings are appreciated. Dogs and dings are part of this podcast at all times. Guys, let's just dive in. Who's got the questions? Who, I, every time. I have okay. no idea who's doing it. You got them? Here's Ryan Gills Gilbert with your questions from Wabash Station. From Herdez Joe, how does this hire potentially shape the Kansas State Athletic Department for the future? He set a tone. I don't. I don't know if that was intended or what, but he kind of he just hit on so many good marks. Um, I've said this before. I, I don't know that there's enough K-Staters within the athletic department. Um, and I actually mean grads, not the more you know wider defini- definition of K-Staters that I had in my column at Go Powercat. 
And the only reason I think that's important is understanding the history. But Jerome Tang seems to come to this job with an understanding of the culture and history. And I don't know if it's possible that it was educated into him in the hiring process. He just seems to get it. And I think getting it is really important moving ahead, whether it's Chris Kleiman, who seems to get it, Gene Taylor, who really seems to get it because he's hiring these guys. But all of us need to remember who K-State is and and what's it mean to be a K-Stater because I think that has slipped. And it took an outsider to kind of look at us and appreciate what the school's about, what the fans are about, what the student body's about, what the history's about. We need to stop fighting with each other. We got a group of K-Staters. You know, I I push back on the fact that everyone that only K-State has toxic fans because everyone has them. But there's a group of K-Staters who derive great enjoyment from trolling their fellow K-Staters. And that I don't understand. And that needs to stop and just go away. Grow up. Grow up. But um, I I think uh, he set a really good tone for the future athletic department. And he creates a possibility that. Could K-State have winning programs in football and basketball? Because when football rose, basketball sunk. It just happened like a teeter-totter. And, you know, for a brief period there, it looked like they were going to both be going good. But even even in some of that stretch when, when Martin had it going good, um, you know, football wasn't quite what you'd want it to be. So uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very, very optimistic here that maybe uh, good times are ahead. And as K-Staters often like to joke, why can't we have good things? Folks, you have something great, apparently, and his name's Jerome Tang. For the first time, this feels like Gene Taylor's athletic department is united. This is Gene Taylor's hires, Chris Kleiman, Jerome Tang. You can go further. You can say uh, Pete Hughes. You know, the, the three main sports are Gene's hires. Now it's time to see you know, the success come. And I, I'm really excited about Jerome Tang, but, you know, from a financial aspect, and I touched on it a little bit in the, the breaking podcast we did earlier, you know, you get an assistant coach, great person, great person. I'm, he's going to do great things for K-State, I think, but you being an assistant, you can pay him a little less than what you need to, to get somebody else, get a former head coach, or you get, you know, the one that everybody wanted, Brad Underwood, you know, you save a lot of money. So from a financial standpoint, from the athletic department, it looks a lot better with Jerome Tang than it does with Brad Underwood, just because, you know, you, yes, you might've had the money up front to get Brad to come here. Well, how do you get him to stay here and keep his staff here when he's a top 15 paid head coach in the country. So I think, you know, this hire, I think that Jerome Tank can turn around. I think he can get interest in K-State basketball going, just, you know, seeing his demeanor and seeing how receptive the fan base has been of this hire. I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't imagine an assistant coach anywhere, let alone Baylor, um, getting this type of response to, to a hiring, um, you know, three years ago, I wouldn't have expected this. I think part of it is because he's from Baylor, honestly. I mean, if you didn't know the name Jerome Tang, you recognized him. You recognized his face if you watch Big 12 basketball. And I think to answer this question, uh, the future is shaped. I, I think you have your two coaches in your two main sports. Like, I don't get the sense that either one of them um, is, is going to flop. Um, now, is it possible that we he may not have as he may not have as much success as he would like in the first few years? 
It's always possible. Is it possible that Chris Kleiman doesn't get better than seven and five, eight and four? It's always possible. But I don't think you're going to be in any position to have to fire or to have to bring in a new coach for the next few years, which maybe it's 15 years, maybe it's five years, maybe it's two years because Jerome Tang or Chris Kleiman goes and wins two straight national championships and they want to go to the NBA or the NFL. Like, the bottom line is you've set a tone with the type of people that you want to hire, and you throw in the fact that K-State is renovating all these new athletic facilities, and Manhattan is about to become a place – it's about to become a destination. And I think Jerome Tang sees that. I think that's partly why he took the job. And I think he has a vision that the previous administration did not have. Um, and so I, I just think that there's a vision there, and the tone has been set. Gills? I agree. That was good. That was perfectly dropped, except you're losing your voice. Too many cigarettes. Yeah, I know. Mm. I know. It was, uh, it was quite the speech, wasn't it? It was. Shall we? You're moving on? <laughs> yes. You don't okay. have anything else I, to, I to add? I agree with what you guys said. Okay. The athletic department's future is in, in great hands with these two coaches. I agree. Okay. Let's move on. From old shoe, Zach's got me. Got it. Is well, there talk? How else would he pronounce it? Old Scott? Well, at first I thought it was old school. Thought it was old school. Old school. Oh, Man, I love I love how right. we I love how we make up names in our head. S H C U. That's where the confusion came in. Fits. Okay. Anywho, is there talk of kicking off the Bramwich Improvement fundraising campaign while basketball enthusiasm is high? You know that had been a great question for me to ask Josh McCown when I was freaking talking to him today. But no, I didn't. Okay, I don't next know. question. I, I don't know. But you're exactly right. It is. It's a great time. I think they're focused on season tickets. I think they're focused on the task right in front of them right now. But if I'm Gene Taylor and I know that there was a group of donors ready to pay Brad Underwood's buyout of $8 million, I'm like, what are you doing with that money now? Are you ready? Let's go. Let's get going. It's going to take a lot more than that. But that's a great start. Let's go. Um, and again, I'm nowhere uh, – couple things. I'm nowhere in the financial stratosphere to do those type of things. And to NCAA rules, if there are such a thing anymore, prohibit me from being a member of the media from donating to a school that I cover or it's a violation. I become, I can't talk to recruits at that point. Um, but I think it would be wise. I think it would be cool to at least put some designs out there. I saw a great argument for putting a design out there when the west side of Bramlage matches the football stadium. And I saw a great argument for it being more metal and glass and complement this limestone and match the ice basketball training facility. But I think it's time to put a grand entrance I, I don't think you should have to walk up a ramp to walk in a door. You should be able to walk in a door at, from parking lot level and be inside a grand entrance, maybe the basketball hall, maybe the all hall for all the K-State sports is right there as you walk in with a kiosk with someone to greet you. And, and then, you know, maybe you can go through ticket windows to or ticket places, security areas to walk into a ground level of Bramlage so you can kind of walk into the bowl at mid mid bowl side. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. Then, okay. I think it makes sense. And and then maybe you go up on escalators like at Sprint to get to the higher what is current concourse level. There's so many things you could do that really make that I I, I want them to somehow connect the ice center to ice facility to the Bramlage so you don't have to go outside. 
I think Zach has made a really good argument for having a partial tunnel around it like Sprint does. I don't know that you'd need to do, go the whole, whole way, but maybe you do on the, on the ice side and you come down through there so players can walk off the court and walk in a tunnel through to their locker room. Brilliant. And then maybe on that west side when they're renovating, you got a tunnel that goes around and gives you access. Selfishly put, we need better media areas. The media areas in Bramlage are embarrassing. They're they're not professional in any way. They're not big enough. Um, and, you know, I actually think Baylor's the one that does it right. They have a large room that is adjacent to the locker rooms through the locker rooms through a different door and the media works in there. We can go out one door and go to the court and the players and coaches can come in the other door at the end of the game and climb up on a podium right in the same room in which we're working. It's a really good setup. TCU's is good too. Yeah. No, TCU's Both of good. them are good. I know. Who would have thought? I'd love to see, and I mentioned this to you. I don't know if we did it on a podcast. I don't think it was on a podcast. I think it was just offhanded. We were sitting in here earlier this week. But I'd love to see the students get some sort of club, kind of like how Sporting KC does the members club. I love All it. of their supporters, they kind of have that own. I like that. They have their own sports bar, their own club that you have to have a cheap ticket to get into it. I mean, the members club's the cheapest ticket. ICAT. But, yeah, make an ICAT club yeah. and put it. Do, do one if you're gonna if you're gonna connect the ice center it's now, to it's now ICAF. I, uh, I contribute to forty a fifty a forty. They went to they went from thirty to forty. A forty isn't a bill though. Is that what that stands for? So I it contributed, was I contributed 20. to twenty. Yeah, that's what it originally st- stood for, and then then it was I contributed to thirty, and now they've gone to it's I've a, contributed a two hundred uh, uh, twenty <laughs> twice. So it should have two T's in it. A twenty twice. Yeah, um, but you know something that's Give the students something, you know, I think that'd be unique, a unique sell to, to get students to come to games, get students to come to, to K-State for that matter. Mm-hmm. But just create an environment that, yes, there is a lot of money to be made selling these, you know, mid-court tickets to, to rich donors, making good facilities. But why not take care of your students a little bit? Give them give them something. It wouldn't cost that much more. If you're going to renovate and if you're going to blow the wall out of that side too yeah. and try connecting it, why not just put something in? Are they going to sell beer there? Yes. You absolutely should sell beer to the students and sell sell cheap beer. Do you know, what's a, you know what put I like in, about that? The only place you sell Bush Light or whatever, Natty Light, <laughs> you sell hey, it hey. to the students for three bucks a, a can. What I like about that is it introduces students to the VIP life. Right. Hmm. This is what it's like on a smaller scale if you're a donor and you make a bunch of money. Imagine being able to have access to the Shamrock Zone. It needs to be the club. It needs to be the Shamrock Club, not the zone. I don't understand it. It's the end zone. I don't. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Shamrock Zone for football, Shamrock Club for basketball. Is By that- the way, I did my walk and talk from the Shamrock portion inside the arena. Mm-hmm. There is a chair there. With a 32-inch TV sitting right there and a remote. And I'm like, you can sit here at this game with another game on TV. But it's like a handicap area where, like, there's a fixed chair and space for a wheelchair. I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. I got a TV right here. At the end of the day, I feel like you need to pitch all these ideas to Cephas. I don't I think Cephas is an Oklahoma fan. Mm. Alabama. He's an Alabama fan. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> 
He poisoned the trees. I peed on those trees. Hey, oh, Dad! Do we have another question there? <laughs> From Pickles, what will it take for Tang to be successful in Manhattan? We're shortening his name now. Wow. Everybody knows Pickles. Come on. Pickle, 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 pickles. Um, he, he said it. You got to go get dudes. It's the God's honest truth. And, you know, we just talked about what will change the outlook of the entire athletics department. If Jerome Tang's over here getting dudes, yep. nobody, nobody can use the excuse, I can't root recruit to Manhattan, Kansas. I don't care what sport you're in. You better not say those words because your basketball coach is over here getting some five stars and four stars and winning. Yeah, you got to go get dudes. You got to play an exciting brand of basketball and win. It's simple. I mean, it's not simple to do. It's a simple bar that to understand. Go get dudes and win games. I think the recruiting is coming. Oh my gosh! Like it, it's going to be a storm, and and I'm not sure that anybody, the media, the fans, even the coaches, really know what's about to happen. But I mean, I think this will be the highest level that K State has recruited in any sport, maybe ever, consistently. I, and I'm, I don't know if that's a, I don't think that's a stretch based off of the staff that we think he's going to assemble. And it, so I, it, if it you're really not following along me. at Go Powercat, we've got three or four of the staff members up, depending on you know when we get all the news out there. And I just want to say this. I I think the two coaches, the two guys we know who are coming as coaches, because when we say staff, it might be director of basketball ops, a, an assistant to the head coach, which is a new title we kind of suspect will be filled, video, whatever. They've got, you know, friends. But there's three assistant coaches, and we believe we know two of them. Both of these dudes recruited a higher level than anyone at K-State since Delonte Hill. And Delonte Hill didn't even recruit at a high level. He just had some players packaged. You know, he was he had been their coach, and he was bringing just a guy named Michael Beasley. Not bad. So um, that's that's what makes me excited about this. They've gone out and got some guys that with a proven track record of consistently getting good players for like programs, and let's see if they can do it now. With all due respect to the previous staff. The recruiting uh, that's never good. The recruiting was stale. I mean, the recruiters were still when you when you have Jermaine Henderson as director of ops or whatever he was, player development, whatever he was, you upgrade him to assistant coach, and you don't really get anybody else. You get Shane. Shane was the the first. He was the lead breath recruiter. of fresh air. You know, when you have two assistants that really aren't getting it done and Bruce himself is out on the road for allegedly more than any other coach in the country and there's nothing to show for it. I'm sorry, but it's just embarrassing. It's not as, as previous coaches have shown Bob Huggins, Frank Martin, their assistants, they recruited to Manhattan. It's not hard to recruit basketball players that are highly skilled to Manhattan, Kansas. And for whatever reason, Bruce Weber, for all the time that he spent on the road, he could not get it done. And he got lucky a couple of times to get a couple, you know, a couple of good seasons. And that was basically it. So, you know, I think just getting new assistants that know how to recruit and have recruited high level guys in the past. I think that's just the key here to be successful. If you can get some guys and that have some stars next to their name from us, <laughs> Ironic, uh, you know. I agree. That, that should that should get it done. 
it's not hard to find four stars in basketball and get them to come to a school. No, I mean, especially in the Big Twelve. I mean, four stars in basketball seem to allocate themselves across the game in different ways than maybe in football. Seems like the big schools get most of the fours and fives. Not all, but most. So we'll see. I, I, I'm just so incredibly optimistic right now. Zach, you mentioned this, and I agree. Go an hour east to Lawrence. I know there's much more of a history don't, and probably a me. better don't, coach, but don't make me. why can't K-State be that school? And Tang mentioned this when talking about the transfer portal, telling the recruits the truth, not just what they want to hear, but the truth and how they're going to be coached if they do select to come to, to Baylor or K-State. You know, Tang's got a good staff, and he's him and his staff have proven they can recruit players. So I, that, to answer this question, it all starts with the recruits, and I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to do a great job getting these recruits here. It might take a year. Um, you know, if some of these K-State players want to buy in for a little bit and realize that this isn't really – the Bruce Weber system they're used to. It might take a, a year, but I've got full faith in, in the staff. Yep, I would do, agree. Do you agree? Okay, yeah, good, yeah, yeah. good, good. That's all you need in life. Yes. For you to agree. From KSU number one, set a realistic expectation for the fan base for year one, two, and three. For years one, two, and three? Well, the first national championship ring goes on your ring finger. <laughs> the second one, I think, if you want to do it right, is a pinky. And really? Then, yeah. Well, actually, it should be in your right hand. Your ring finger and your left hand should be for your spouse. Uh, but the third championship uh, will be on my ring finger because I'm leaving Becky for Jerome Tang. <laughs> After three <laughs> national championships, I'm doing that Tang thing. Don't they all become what ring What size fingers? is your ring? You got some chonky fingers there. I didn't used to have ch- chonky. Do you what say kind my, of are you is saying that? my fingers are fat? I did not say Look at my hands. I've got chonky ones. I have sausage fingers, I've yeah. been told. You guys don't get to look at my hands. We want to look at Gil's hands. Show us the hands. They're hiding in my Come on, man. Pants? You know what? Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, maybe we should move on here. Um, no. Year, years one, two, and three. Um, he said it today. NCAA tournament next year. I mean, and I don't, Pack said it as well. Yeah, I don't think that's outrageous at all. I don't either. When half of your conference, and this year it was six out of ten, and it probably should have been seven in hindsight. But Out of nine. Out of nine, but... Yeah, of eligible teams, but the total Oklahoma State wasn't like Oklahoma State was going to make it and got left out. Um, yeah, I mean that should be you. You, if if you can't aspire to be higher than sixth or seventh in your own conference of ten schools, what are we doing, man? So yeah, I you know I, I think by the end of year three, you want to see some damage done in the Big Twelve and the tournament. No, I'm not. You know, maybe it's an Elite Eight, Sweet Sixteen. I don't know. Certainly, you want to be beating the top. By year three, you want to be pushing for the top spots in this conference. Maybe you finish fourth. But you're competitive, and people know that Bramlage is back to being the octagon of doom. And it's not just a name. It is a difficult place to play. And you're getting players that are lighting up the scoreboard. Yeah, I'm all in. I'm that that's the thing is, is so many times when you hire a new coach, everyone's like, hold on, let's give him time. Jerome Ting didn't ask for time. Mm-mm. He didn't ask for anything to rebuild. Just let me work. He's here to elevate. Elevate. Mm-hmm. Is that the word I used? Mm-hmm. It's what he used. He used but is that the word I used on the other podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I can't remember. His only obligation is to tell it straight. Man, I'd love it. That is a quote from a Drake song. Is it really? Yep. I thought it was Rick Ross. 
It was not. <laughs> that was really bad. <laughs> I know. I can't do Rick Ross. The song, the song is Elevate, and he says, only obligation is to tell straight. I feel like that is a very relatable thing for. I, I got to be honest here. If we're talking rap, when he mentioned Out of Mud, I was like, what the hell is he talking about? And then I went and looked it up, and I go, that's a pretty cool reference, actually. Yeah. That is a modern version of strap up your boots and get to work. That's a modern version of their, that thing. I, I thought it was really cool. I think year one. NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Year two, I think you are fringe top 25. I don't think that's too much to ask. And then I think year three, you're competing for a conference championship. I think that timeline, I think if you were to really ask him, I think he would say that's probably, you know, idealistically, maybe even competing for a championship in year two. I don't know. But I think year three and year four, you are competing for a conference championship because you have hit, you have your guys into that program at that time. I don't want to say it's realistic to compete for a championship in year two, but it's an attainable goal. But if you don't hit that, I don't think that you can say that it was a failure or that you expected to win a championship. I think it's a, it's a goal that's attainable. I don't think it's realistic to, to expect it, I guess. But next year, I think that if you look at Iowa State, I think you should be what Iowa State was. You know, you should be able to get an 11 seed. And, hey, maybe you get a little lucky and you run to the Sweet 16. If K-State goes to the NCAA tournament and wins a game in the first round. Highly successful. After one year, you've basically covered Bruce Mm -hmm. in the NCAA tournament. I... I'm glad we didn't list the year four here because in year four, I want K-State to play in space because that's where Tang belongs. Gil's read the next question. Well, real quick, I'm not at all saying (laughs) that it's okay for a team to be as low as Weber's teams were. I'm not saying that at all, but you can't win the Big 12 every single year, right? So if you win it in year four, five, and then nine, 10, and then 14, 15, right, you're going to have – you can't be good every single year. Your rebuild's – Need to be nine and nine, in the but Big like 12, right, right. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be rebuilding though. You should be like Frank and Hey sure. and and Huggy with, saying, with Hey, I agree. You need to be a top four seed every year in the Big Twelve tournament. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's an attainable goal. I agree. Sure. And and at some point that's going to re become a buy game. Did you, you know, say re become? Re become. I like it. <laughs> Uh, I, I can't think of any other words word. that would be better. Okay, I liked it. My main point was just that it doesn't have to be in year three. If you if you haven't won a Big Twelve title in your three years, I'm not panicking. No, no, no. and I, yeah, I agree. Thanks, Fitz. I mean, I don't think um, we're not talking about winning. We're talking about competing for culture. Culture. Have the culture to expect to be there. He expects to compete for a championship next year, though. Right. I mean, that's just the bottom line, and I I don't know if the players actually expect that. But I no. think once they start practices, they'll realize that he expects that. And when you have a leader, how many times have we talked about this before? When you have a leader who's showing you the way, it makes it a little bit easier to believe. And to continue this on, I think the problem with K-State winning these those two Big 12 titles under Bruce Weber is, you know, it's great to win those, but you can't win the Big 12 every year. And when you don't win the Big 12 every year, what is your consolation prize, so to speak? It's making the tournament. Sure. And it's trying to make a run in the tournament. And when you go to the tournament in those years, you don't win the Big 12 and you struggle and you bounce out in the first round. Yeah, that's it's where you struggle. So I think expecting conference championships is tough. 
but you should expect some sort of postseason success and being in the upper echelon of the conference to allow you to play some games against teams that you're better than and win them in the postseason. Right. From KNED, Cole and Gills, what was the student body reaction to Coach Tang's video to them? Was this level of student engagement done in the past? If he stays consistent and genuine in engaging students, how will they react? I just think it's new, and that's what is exciting. It's the shiny new toy that you got for Christmas as a kid. Um, yeah, I, I'll tell you that a lot of my friends are diehard K-State friends? fans. Wow. Yeah, I know. Really? Surprisingly. And the, my friends oh. are not just sitting in this room right now, <laughs> contrary to so the dude and Daphne. Well, some people. Are the imaginary ones here? In my mind, yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, people are excited. This is, this is the most excited I think that uh, – this group of students has been for a long time. Um, I think I, I personally, I was here when Chris Kleiman got hired too. Mm-hmm. 20 times more excitement for Jerome Tang than Chris right. Kleiman. And I couldn't tell you why. Maybe besides the fact that it's one of those things to where it's so uniquely different than the old, than the other coach. Right. Kleiman and Coach Snyder have a lot of similar they characteristics. Do. They do. Jerome Tang and Bruce Weber do not have similar characteristics. Everything from the way they talk, from the way they approach life, how they treat people, yes. Are they two very good human beings to their players for the most part? Yes. But how they approach things are so different. And I think the younger fans are seeing that and they're accepting. And I think they see the recruiting aspect. That's another part of it that I think a lot of young people see is, okay, these guys have some track record of recruiting. And that's really important to fans and young fans. I just realized this. I, I believe this is the first time in my life that I am older than the football and basketball coach at Kansas State. Oh, my God. Where's that Wabash Reserve? Seems fitting at this moment. It's on the floor. Well, Kanet, I'm offended you think I'm a student, man. I'm old like Fitz. Oh, he's graduated. But you interact with the students. <laughs> would do. you not? I no. work at a – Fitz, can I name the bar? Work yes, you can do it. There we go. I work at Taco Lucha, right? Taco Lucha. I've had some great conversations. People are happy. Excited. Hey, look. He interacts with plenty of students, just not male ones. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Last question of the first half. This has been a long one. From Go Stay Kate is whoa, whoa, the... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, yeah. boy. We do this all the time. Yes. Yeah, it's not new. Go Stay Kate? Yes. Your dyslexia yes. is working real hard there, Fitz. Is the immediate brand increase for K-State from the from the Jerome Tang hire so big it will positively impact football recruiting? It was a unique question. I that thought I'd include it. a really it. good question. Um, if he likes lavender. Yeah. Don't start Riley Gates on that. Who? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that is a really – I actually, yeah. Yeah, because here's why. How do you not feel the energy and the positivity coming off this guy? He's We've, we've now seen photos of him with both Chris Kleiman and Taylor Bratt. So, yeah, maybe he does like, hell yeah, let's go get some play. You know, I don't know. Well, does – does Bill Self say the same thing about Lance Leipold? Do do guys go to KU for for football because well, they what's like the funny about coach? that is KU football has one of the biggest recruiting advantages in the country. They can take recruits into Allen Fieldhouse and fool them into believing that's what they'll see on Saturdays at Memorial Stadium. 
And believe me, they have fooled people. And then they get there and they're like, what? And then they leave. But, yeah. I mean, you could say the same thing about Lincoln Riley and I, and Porter Moser at Oklahoma. Or I, guess I will say Lincoln this, Riley. though. With that in mind, no one associated with K-State football is going to be embarrassed to take football recruits to Bramlage Coliseum. Yes. Because the crowd won't be there. Because it'll be sparse. And they'll be booing. And, you know, or whatever. I think they'll be more than happy to take – if you're bringing in recruits on a Saturday, and I don't even care if it's in the non-conference schedule, I think there's going to be a lot of people there starting next year. That's the one thing I want K-Staters to address. Football season ending doesn't start basketball season. They do overlap, and it does put a stress on you, but we need more people in that arena – during December, because there's some pretty good games that honestly just don't have much juice to them. Students, that's my other answer. So I guess I'll, I, I'm so pessimistic at the beginning of this question, but I'll close it by saying I think the students showing up will help. I think the students being vocal on Twitter, on social media, just a general positive outlook, that will help recruiting. I, I'll be interested to see – how ticket sales go because the students student sections kind of grown a little bit simply because they knew they couldn't fill those seats on a regular basis. So students, you can have them if you want them and only show up for the key game. But if they're kind of limited to just the side, the West side, then if seating gets competitive for the student section, you're going to have lines forming for other games in Kansas. And the net effect of that is the people that will be in the arena really want to be in the arena. They just don't want the free handout and they're going to go study or go drink or the points the for the, you know, the KU line points or whatever. Yeah. They want to get in the arena because of the products on the court. Yeah. I, I agree with everything you've said. Ah, that's so good to hear. So easy. Oh my goodness. That's it for the first half of this Powercat questions podcast. We have more after the break. And while we're in the break, why don't you drive to the fridge and buy yourself something special? GoPowerCat.com's Powercat Podcast continues after this short break. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the Power Cat Questions Podcast. We are sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. We went really heavy in that first segment. We've got them lined up. A whole nother set of questions from Wabash Station. Take it away, Gills. First question of the second half comes from Florida Cat Fan 90. Jerome Tang referenced the players from the past being part of the future and this being their program. Was their presence not allowed as much by Bruce Weber and previous coaches? I don't think so. I don't think it's true at all. No. I don't. I. No, I don't. I think he's just being very inclusive. He wants to know that, wants everyone to know that, you know, there was value there. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll share this. I know that, that some former players just dropped off the the side. They just, they were done. You know, they're still proud to be K-Staters. They just didn't like the product. I know that's true. So I don't think that was in any way a shot or a response to anything that went on before. He just wants them to know, you know they're still welcome. Come on back. Similar to Chris Kleiman when he came in, you know, at the beginning, he was like, yeah, we need to open this up to former players. You know, I think that the coaches, at least, you know, from Chris Kleiman and Jerome Tang, there's a recognition of, hey, I am the coach right now, but you guys, it's your program for forever. You will always be K-Staters. I may not always be at K-State. I'll be a piece of, you know, the players that I coach. But at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to, be at K-State for life is K-State. So I think that it, at the very least, there's that recognition there. He said something that more coaches need to have into their brain, that it's your program, folks. It's K-State's program. He's just currently in charge of it. And coaches, when they've had success in particular, kind of lose some field of vision on this. They think it's about them and their program. And if you're unhappy with things, you hate K-State. It's not how it works. It, this program belongs to the school, and you hire someone to manage it. And they are very, very well paid to do so. And if Jerome Tang has success in his first couple of years, we already know what Gene Taylor will do. He's going to get a better contract. Because I, I do like that. You're a first-year coach. Here's your contract. Go prove something. You proved it. Here's a second contract. Now, I also believe that you're signed up to do a job, and getting rewarded for doing your job is kind of odd to me. But I also know that it's a competitive business, and you want to take care of your employees. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled with, with everything. I think most former players, uh, w- when they saw this, and I think there's a question about this later, right, Zach? Uh, maybe, maybe I'm yeah, stating it. It's the next one, yeah. It's important to understand that players can be judgmental, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen that. And I think it might take some time for some people to come back. Um, you know, you have those guys that were, that were here for um, some good times under some coaches. And then, like you mentioned, they just decided, okay, I'm not, I'm, I'm done. That's, they have all the right to feel the same way, just like fans have the right to feel that way. Now, mm-hmm. I think a lot of fans are bought back in, and there's obviously going to be some that aren't yet, understandable. But I do think that him sending that welcome on the very first day he is talking, that sends a message because he knows that, you know what, 
it's your it's your guys' team. And I think he's the type of coach that he even means that to the guys that maybe didn't have as nice of an ending as they would have liked at Kansas State. I, I got to tell you guys, um, I hope we don't see pushback from recent players. I mean, I kind of sense it out there. And and if if they want to respond that way, okay, we'll move on. You know, it's it's fine. Um, but this is Kansas State's program. It was always Kansas State's program, and the fans were never your enemy. Your the fans were never your enemy. If the fans were demanding too much of you, that is not the fans' fault. And I don't think Jerome Tang will ever see it that way. Going off of that, from KSU Cat eighty, what do Jacob Hull and Dean Wade, Barry Brown, and other basketball greats think? Past basketball greats think of Tang's hire. That that's the list of the past greats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, People that should be in the rafters. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm. I don't. I can't speak for those guys. I'm, I imagine Jake's fired up. Um, here's what's here's what's interesting is. You know, when they hired Hugs and then Frank and by extension Brad, that felt like Jack Hartman. Now, if you're old enough to understand, Jack was pretty damn fiery. He was all business on the court. Had an had a more Huggins like personality in some ways than anyone else. But you know, certainly when I see Brad coach, I see Jack. I, I just do. There's just so many similarities. Jerome Tang doesn't seem to fit any of these any of these past coaches. I, I don't remember what Tex Winter at Kansas State was like, and and you know uh, maybe he's closer to Lon. I think he's going to be a little more low key on the sideline. Maybe that's it. But uh, I think this kind of starts a whole new column of competition here, and how K State's coach is going to present the product out there. It'll be intriguing to me. I mean, we haven't heard anything from uh, the question asked Jacob Poland, Dean Wade. We've seen something from Barry Brown, but I mean, officially, social media, I don't think Jake has tweeted anything, has he? The only thing I've seen is from Barry Brown quote tweeting John Kurtz saying, Don't start this when Kurtz pointed out Bruce blames the fans on his way out and Jerome Tang praises the fans on his way in. It's I want, just. I just want to say this. Some fans admonished Kurtz for it, but everything was factual. Yeah. There wasn't an opinion in there. That, those were facts. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. What, no, are you, what are you admonishing him for, not, being right? He's not starting anything. Yeah, it's like, don't start this. Well, he isn't the one who started it. The guy who took the shots at the fan base started it. I, I would imagine that overall, though, these guys know who Jerome Tang is. Oh, of course I do. He's kicked so, their ass up and down the court. So I don't know how have. I don't know how you could be like no. You know, I, I just I just don't. I mean, especially these the guys that played recently. I don't know how you could say, yeah, no, I don't like it. I, I just I just don't see how you could how you could see that unless you're blindly loyal to um e- either one of Coach Martin or Coach Weber. I'm I'm most worried about the players that played during the good times, you know, those that 2018, 2019, those teams, those players from there who played well, you know, they achieved the elite eight, they achieved a big 12 title, but then they graduate out and they haven't really been around for the last three years to see what it became. 
I don't think that they grasp how truly awful the program was and what and the and the condition it was in. You know, they weren't. It's not even that they weren't even competing for Big Twelve championships. They weren't even competing to be five hundred. You know, you're losing to Division two teams. You're losing non-conference games you should win. I mean, it, let, let alone trying to compete in the conference. I mean, they they had the worst three-year stretch uh, imaginable. Probably, I don't know if it was in K-State history or close to it, but, man, in conference play, they were terrible. So uh, that's my biggest worry is that there's a, some blind spots on – from former players, especially recent ones, on just how bad for the fan base and for the university these last three years have been. I think if you care enough to follow and stay up to date with the team, you would know how bad it's gotten. Right. And maybe some of these guys that are still out there defending Bruce till the death, maybe they just haven't been up to Manhattan enough. Who knows? I've also heard on several occasions, you know, I, I don't watch the games. I follow the team, but I don't really watch the games. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And you watch the brand of basketball. You watch what goes on. You don't have to be an expert in the game of basketball to realize that something's off. And to me, if you're not paying attention completely, that says something. What did you say? Oh, never mind. (laughs) No, you're right. You're exactly right. I don't want you. I don't watch the games and I don't want your opinion. The game is more, isn't just about the result. At the end of the day, it's about the result, but there's a process of getting there, and if it's a crappy product to get there, yeah, that's part of the story. Yep, I agree. From Jedediah, any reactions from players or guesses as to how they're feeling about the hire? Well, we talked to three players today. Yeah. Ish. Keese. I want to say that. Can I say that? Can I say Keese? Marquise, Noel, Ish Masood, and, and Nigel Pack, and they all seem very fired up. I'll be surprised if any of them transfer. Including Nigel. Those three talking to the media indicate that there is a strong likelihood that if they transfer, something is going wrong. Right. One player, as far ah. as we could tell, was not there, Sultan Miguel. I don't know what that means. Maybe he had class. I don't know. That's what I heard, that he had class. But everyone else was there, and they're able to get off class to go to I think I games would, or whatever. So I would ask Coach if I can blow off class to go to his damn press conference. But. Yeah. Cole, you should have had a, a note from Jerome to attend. Oh, that's a great idea. Oh, it would have been great. Here, here's my bottom line. I, I love some of these kids in this program. This group of kids busted their ass this year. So, you know, don't don't twist things up that I was anti-player. That. I'm so tired of that argument. Well, you hate the player. What? When have I? I criticized Marquise for one incredibly boneheaded play at the end of a clock. Oh, you just hate everyone. Who, when he criticized himself at the end of the game in the press conference. Yeah. So, um, I, I just, I just want to be clear about this. And I did a daily delivery about the assistant coaches, and I feel the same way about the roster. I don't care who it is. If Jerome Tang doesn't want on the team. I'm all in. If he wants him to be an assistant coach, I'm in. If he doesn't want that guy, I'm in. If he didn't want this player around, even though he's a great player, I'm in. If he wants that player, even though we don't understand why he'd want him, I'm in. It's his program, and I just want to give him the faith to do it. But by God, you know me, folks. I'll be critical later. Like I always tell people, 
I always explain my philosophy on sports media very clearly. And being from Baylor, I hope Jerome Tang appreciates it. The sports media are like bears. Mm -hmm. If you put food out, we will show up. And we'll probably at some point turn on you. (laughs) That's pretty much what sports media is. And we didn't have food today. And Gene joked about it. Gene not feeding the media, not giving us our snacks makes us hangry. But I'm good. I'm fine. I'm okay. I think Selton is the only one that I could think of off the top of my head that would likely leave that Jerome Tang might want here, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Tang would want him. He's a heck of, a heck of an athlete, but mentally I don't know if they're on the same wavelength. Well, th- this is interesting. As you build, you probably lean into the type of athlete you want in your program um, because you've got you to have a roster. And you can't just go sign 13 transfer portal guys mm-hmm. or 10. Uh, and I think Selton fits that. So does Sari mm-hmm. Lewis. Now, there was one player that didn't appear to be paying attention today. I thought that was interesting. Um, so He was just there so he doesn't get fined. That's what it felt like. It's exactly what it felt like. I don't have class and I'm supposed to be here, but you know I won't be here long. That's what it felt like. And, but in all honesty, I'll just say it. It was Casey Iziagu, and I, I think he might want to consider stepping away from basketball. That body's just done. That's that body's done. But I, I, I have asked Kansas State to burn all the walking boots. I have rescinded the Go Powercat endorsement to the walking boots. Lock that closet. And never open it again. <laughs> I deem all feet healthy as related to K-State basketball. I got my hand up. That's it. I'm trying to be positive. If we we need to clip that and save it and remember it, just in case there are no foot injuries for the next, like, five years. Yeah. And we can point hmm. back to this podcast. Listen to Fitz. And nobody responded. Dr. Fitz. <laughs> I can say with 100% certainty that Noel, Masood, and Pack want to win and they want to do whatever it takes to win. Right. I agree. I can't say that with a hundred percent certainty about any other player on K state. That they're a hundred percent do whatever well, they want whether to win. It's for even the if NBA it or their own statistics, their ego to have okay. fun in Aggieville, whatever it may be, their own reasons to be a college basketball player. Those three players want to win and do whatever it takes to win. I think they're in this for the long haul. I think every other player on this roster is fair game to enter the, enter the portal. I agree. Yep, I agree. I and again, if they don't want to be here, don't be here. And if the coach doesn't want you to be here, don't be here. And I don't know who that is. I'm not going to make evaluations on the entire roster. Let's see what happens here, and let's see who's in on his team. Was that your stomach again? <laughs> Sorry, they didn't feed us like you said. <laughs> Jack has the loudest stomach. My I thought it was a dog is just growl like going today. Ripping. Oh my gosh! I'm going to add this before so we bad. move on to the next question. Okay. Let's not rule out the possibility that just because we think this about these guys and they've had these at these not attitudes, they've had these personality traits, that that can't change. No. Yeah. Sure. Because it could take a switch, right? We don't really know what a person's like until their back is up against the wall. And guess what? If they continue to work, their back will be up against the wall. And so when that switch flips, it can go either way. And so I'm not ruling out. You say, you know what? All these kids are fair game, and I'm with you. 
but there was also a majority that they're also fair game to stay and have a breakout season next year because they are going to be coached and taught differently. Push has to come to shove, though. Let's take Miguel for an example. He's going to have to at least give Tang a chance for that to happen. He can't just get up and bolt tomorrow. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Do you agree? T-A-N-K. Thank you. What's your guys' favorite motto or T- slogan? That I spelled my own word. Tang Gang? You tried. My God. You tried. I wasn't fed today. But it, I think that's the excuse we're using right now. Cole, you're going to love this. Okay. Mahomes is King asks, okay, wait, he's a new he's a new member, so welcome. Zach, I want you to drop your observation because this is such a weird place we like, find ourselves in. Who would have thought six years ago when he's playing at Texas when Tech? he's playing at Texas Tech that someone on the K-State site would be Mahomes. named Mahomes as King. And we wouldn't think it's a Tech fan. We just think it's a Chiefs and K-State fan. I'm just very baffled by this. Back to you, Ryan What if Gilbert. he's talking about Jackson? That's what I was going to ask. Then that's a KU fan. Anywho, welcome to the site. <laughs> if Nigel Pack leaves, how much of a setback will that be for next year? I don't know. I don't know who replaces him. You. I, I think you're better with him. I don't have any doubt about that. You're, you're better with him because, I mean, you're going to already go get some guys. You want those guys and Nigel. But, again, if Nigel doesn't want to – if Nigel's not bought in – Buy yourself a plane ticket. This program isn't about one player or one coach or one thing. It never has been. It never has been. The opportunity exists for Nigel Pack to be the alpha, Yeah, I think. And um, so if he leaves, somebody else is going to be that alpha. Somebody else is going to score 15 points a game, have four assists, and help K-State and be the starting shooting guard, starting point guard. Like, that's going to happen. And it's just we live in a day of college basketball to where replacing somebody like him doesn't seem impossible. Now, you're right. With Nigel Pack, your team is a lot better, most likely. But the roster makeup, if Nigel Pack leaves, looks completely different. So there's who's to say that uh, seven new transfer players aren't better than three new transfer players? Like, we have no idea of knowing it. And at the end of the day... I couldn't tell you if there was going to be a setback. My expectations will be the same, assuming that they bring in high-level transfers. Now, if they don't, sure. But if this were to happen and you get high-level transfers, to me, the expectation stays the same. That's make the NCAA tournament. Yeah. yeah. It's all about the transfers. Yeah, I don't know how much of us. I think it'll be a setback, but... You know, I think it, the setback is more of that's just one more player you have to go to the transfer portal port. Transfer, transfer portal four. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that was tough. Tongue twister. Um, you know, I, I just Nigel Pack is he's a good player. If you, I don't think that you can find the same level of player as Nigel Pack in the transfer portal. I don't think you can. You'll probably lose three to five points a game on whoever his direct replacement is, probably. And you know, I don't know where else. You make that up. I mean, you, you're going to make it up somewhere, but I think it, trying to trying to judge how much of a setback it's it would be is just kind of hard to numberfy it. Number Quant- five. Quanti- my God, you're just making up it. words. I'm making up words awesome. today. If you need to enroll in my um, sophomore world history class, Zach, <laughs> why? <clears throat> I, I don't want to take that. I'm just gonna. <laughs> You, you would fit in then. Replying to okay. you or referring to you as Mr. Webster because you've got all the words in your dictionary. 
Um, That's a great pickup line. <laughs> what? I don't even remember what I was going to say. I don't. Know. I don't what about K State basketball? Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. Look, I, Nigel Pack's going to go. You know, to the combine or whatever it is for the NBA, and you know, get his evaluation. A lot of players do it. I get why they do it. You know, they're not actually going to the NBA. They just want to be told what what they need to work on. But I, I can do that for Nigel. You need to work on your defense. You need to work on your floater and ability to score off the the bounce toward moving towards the rim. And you need to grow about six inches if you want to be in the NBA. There, that's your evaluation. I love the kid, but he's undersized. He's not strong enough. He's too lackadaisical at times on defense. And he's really got to work. That's where Barry Brown's magic was. You want to step out and force me not to shoot the three-pointer? Well, I'm going to step around you and take it right in and shoot a floater and score. He's and, two years away from being a possible NBA player. Right. And, and again. And Barry Brown isn't in the league. Barry Brown's taller than Nigel Pack. Jake Pullen's taller than Nigel Pack. And neither one of them's in the league. And they're both stronger significantly. So, yeah, I, look, I love Nigel. He is a great player. He's a great shooter. Maybe one of the best pure shooters we've seen at Kansas State in a very long time. But there's other great players out there. He is the best-looking player amongst average-looking players for the most part, right? It's like right now, one of us is the best-looking guy in this room, and it doesn't say much. (laughs) And his name's Dude. Where's Dude? He's sleeping. Cole, you mentioned earlier how Nigel can be an alpha. I agree. I think Nigel Pack is best suited as a co-alpha. And if you got like your Devontae Graham who is complimenting a Svi Mikhailuk type deal where he can get open and shoot, I'm not saying Pack has to simply be a sharpshooter, but I think that Pack would, would really thrive off of, and this is not really a knock on Noel either, but he needs help. He can't be that Barry Brown or Magruder, I don't think. I don't think he can score his own basket enough. He needs some help from his other players and – that's probably going to have to be from the transfer portal. I mean, maybe Noel can step up and really be that guy, but to to have a really, you know, a, a, a Nigel Pack where an NBA scout's going to look at you and say, hey, I think I could take a chance on you. You're going to have to have somebody on K-State's roster to really help him out and compliment him. Uh, well said. I like it. You should do this for a living. <laughs> Next question from El Camino Cat. Which basketball player on the roster is poised for the most significant improvement due to change in coaches? Well, I mentioned this amongst the guys. People immediately think that he's going to run off all the big guys. I think Carlton Lingard fits a Baylor big man in some ways. The really athletic, long guys that can stretch a defense. Does he have stuff to work on? Hell yeah, he's got to be a stronger defender and rebounder. Suri Lewis is a guy that was injured all year, hardly played last year, but he's got a load of eligibility left, and he's hyper, hyper athletic. So maybe him. I, you know, There's guys in this roster who can be better players in the future, but I'm not saying that wouldn't have happened without a coaching change. I'm just saying that's a natural evolution of many players. And I think Davion Bradford still has a really bright upside but he may not fit the kind of things they want to do in terms of athleticism. I think the clear, obvious answer here is Ishmael Ishmael excuse me. It's a carbon copy of what 
Dean Wade dealt with in his confidence. We saw it this year. His suit can shoot. Can shoot. I can't talk today, can I? It's not, it's not Nobody. important for a podcast. He can shoot. He can play basketball. But his confidence was down for a lot of the year. And that same problem happened with Dean Wade for a majority of his, of his career. Granted, he had some foot injuries. But still, if he gets his confidence going, I think the ceiling is really high for Ishmael And I think that Jerome Tang uh, will, will bring that out of him. Most significant improvement? Probably one of the big guys because it's hard to get much worse. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. So you can only go up. But taking the next step in your game, just solely based on attitude, solely based on having the experience of last year, I'm going to say Marquise Noel because I think attitude and buy-in for a coach like Jerome Tang is such a massive difference maker. Yeah. And, I mean, everything we've seen, he's bought in. And if he can be that guy, if they can tame – if they can tang, tame the wildcat, as Jerome Tang mentioned in his press conference, there's two different wildcats, and they are – Intense, or I don't know. He gave two amazing one that goes out at night. I think they all go out at night. I think one is from Africa, and yes. one is European. And I thought that was going someplace totally different, <laughs> to be real honest. But we, we, I believe we have the European version of the Lynx Bobcat around here, and they're all nocturnal. They shouldn't be in Aggieville, they should be getting up shots, which is really hard for those little paws to hold onto the ball. Um, but yes, this, however, is the ultimate reason why this institution is named the Wildcats. One of my favorite pieces of K-State trivia. Now, my dad is a Northwestern Wildcat and he came to Kansas. We all came to Kansas in the sixties. And so naturally there was affinity for the purple and white Wildcats, even though one of his one of my siblings went to KU. We don't talk about him. Okay. So while writing my book on K-State sports history, I find out that Charlie Bachman, one of our football coaches, former coaches at K-State that is in the College Football Hall of Fame, came here from Northwestern. And the reason we're no longer the Aggies or the Farmers, as we briefly were. The Farmers? Farmers. Mm-hmm. As Charlie Bachman said, my guys fight like a bunch of wildcats. And there you go. The Northwestern coach just kind of kept the the nickname for the school, and that's kind of what he was getting at. They're, they're smart, and they're tenacious, and they, they do a lot of work at night. That, sounds, that just doesn't quite fit in there. But, yeah, I get it. That's your history lesson for the day. Ryan Gilbert, please get me out of this. I thought Cole was our history lessoner. Listen, Ridiculous. His, uh, I think it's called a history instructional list. That's, that's another <laughs> Zach Carlson. There you word. go. Is that it? Zach, did you have your hand raised? No. Okay. I mean, I can say that I agree with you and uh, right. Cole. Thank either you. a big man, either a big man or Ishmael. I don't really see Marquise Noel, Nigel Pack. I don't think if they if they improve, I don't think it's due to the coaches necessarily. Mm-hmm. I think it's if Nigel Pack improves for sure. I think that's just up to him. Yeah, it's he's just that type of guy to go out there and improve whether he's getting instruction or not. But also, he's so good. I don't know what Jerome Tang or any of the other coaches could say to him to Mm -hmm. make him that much better. And the thing with Noel is we've clearly seen his upside. Obviously, he's got some, you know, he's he's prone 
goodness gracious, guys. He's prone to turnovers. He's made some questionable decisions. He's going to have to be on a short leash with this coaching staff to 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 stop those, right? And so maybe those do happen. I, I can see your answer there with, with Noel Cole, mm-hmm. but I think we have. I agree, Zach. We've seen we've seen the upside already with Noel. Yeah. It's there. It's on paper. It's on film. Yes. All right. Cole, you ready for this? Uh, do you I? want to we just go, read this? We go to baseball. Do you want me to read it? Oh, we got a baseball question? One oh, baseball question. Oh, Since conference play starting, and I respected Gato Blanco in Mexico because uh, I limited everyone to one question on the podcast and thought that, you know what? If he used his question If he on used baseball, your one yeah. question on baseball, <laughs> I will let the resident baseball expert, Cole Carmody, talk about baseball, especially since it is relevant. They've yeah. been on a long winning streak, and um, conference play starts at TCU mm-hmm. on Friday. So Go ahead, Ryan. Go do you want me to just say baseball, or do I have to read the whole thing? Read the whole thing. All right. From, like you said, Gato Blanco in Mexico, or Mexico, like Zach would say. What are the expectations going into conference play for baseball? Are they the same team that started 0-5 that has feasted on lesser competition and could fall back in conference play? Or do you see strides that can make them competitive in conference play? Uh, Well, they're hitting, so that's important. They didn't hit to start the season. And I think once you can start to hit the baseball, you will have a chance to win every single game you play. And um, they've started to figure out the bullpen as well, which is important. Personally, this is my humble, honest-to-goodness truth opinion. I think that they can still be the team that I thought and a lot of other people thought they could be at the beginning of the season before they went 0-5. Anytime you have a brand new team, obviously it's going to be hard to win baseball games. It's true of any sport, but especially in baseball when you have your whole entire team from the transfer portal. And then you add in the fact that they're playing five teams who are going to make, or not five teams, you know, three or four teams that have a good chance to make the postseason. That's not easy. Um, Yes, they have not played as good competition, and their winning streak came to an end on Tuesday or Wednesday whenever they played Air Force. They lost by one. Um, but this weekend might be tough against TCU. They're like number 18 in the country, I think. It's on the road. But K-State played TCU tough last year. And so I, I, I don't – I think K-State will be in every single game they play, which is all you can ask for at the end of the day. And, I mean, they're going to have a chance to be just as good as they were last year, and I still think they can be better. So, yeah, I mean, they're still trying to dig out of a hole – but you win some conference games. You you win a series or two. You're not supposed to win, and you're right there in the in in the middle of it because the Big Twelve is such a good baseball conference. I think Pete Hughes on Friday night should start Jerome Tang at pitcher because <laughs> he threw some fire today. Some fire was thrown out at that press conference. I'm also going to point out that Duria asked baseball question. I don't know if he did this week, but he did last week. And he said, I'm going to ask this baseball question again because you guys keep ignoring it. So I'm just going to give Duria a shout out because he did ask a baseball question. Are you going to answer the question? I don't know. Oh, Oh, for God's sake. That's a (laughs) weak shout out. He asks a question and you acknowledge the question. I think it was something. eh. I think it was something that Gato Blanco had. You can call him Duria. Cole just called him Durell (laughs) No. That's it for the PowerCat Questions Podcast. So we appreciate you listening. Uh, we're going to take a weekend off. There'll be no coverage at Go PowerCat. Now, of course, we'll have coverage ongoing at Go PowerCat of the Hire. We'll turn back to spring football a little bit more. We had a press conference today, didn't or this week. We didn't do a whole lot of coverage of that. But uh, there is open practices coming. Zach will be there. <clears throat> He's shaking his head now. They're at 730. Now, folks, not in the evening. I do 730 in the evening. The only reason I do 7.30 is 
I've got a flight to catch or a fire to avoid. But I might be there. I don't know. Keep listening to the Go Power Cat podcast. Make sure you're subscribing on whatever platform you desire. Like and follow our YouTube page. And if you're not subscribing to GoPowerCat.com, what are you thinking? Thank you for listening to the Power Cat podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast, all rights reserved, gopowercat.com. You deserve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. I look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No! And I do not see surrender. Is far from over. You will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo. New season now streaming. Exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.